The Speaking Podcast is brought to you by our friends at Flemington Car and Truck Country. Best car buying experience ever online at Flemington.com. Award-winning House of Cupcakes, HouseofCupcakes.com, and Casa Gennaro's. Reservations, call 609-683-1212. Hey, everybody. It's your good friend, Jay Black. Uh, And before this episode gets started, I want to tell you something that's very exciting for me, I am recording a comedy album, like a, like not just one where I take the audio and and release it as an album, like an actual like there's a record company. Do people still say record company? Yeah, you know, like like real people with suits who who give you contracts. Um, they're they're the one who's actually recording it, and uh, they're going to release it on the radio. It's going to be on SiriusXM. It's going to be on Spotify. It's going to be all over the place. But I'm recording it December 19th in Philadelphia at Helium Comedy Club at 8 p.m. That's Helium Comedy Club in Philadelphia, December 19th, 8 p.m. And I would love for you to come out and watch the show. Um, If you want to get tickets, go to www.jblack, that's J-A-Y-B-L-A-C-K dot TV. Uh, Again, www.jblack.tv. If you want to uh, just click in the description below, it'll have uh, all of the the links and stuff in there. But you can just, you know, find it on the, the internet. Google my name. Just as a warning, I'm not Jay Black the singer. I'm not Jay Black the porn star. Yes, both of those things exist. I'm neither of them. If I were, I wouldn't have to do comedy for a living, but I'm not, so I have to. But come to the show. It'll be a lot of fun, I promise. And welcome back to the Speaking Podcast. We are recording these, like, batch recording. We're just, like, jumping Yay, right into it, Jessica. so much energy. <laughs> I'm Jay Black. That's Jessica Gibson. Bill Spadia is on assignment in Bali. And uh, we are just taking a look back at the grand uh, history of the speaking podcast back when it was speaking millennial speaking of lookbacks, bill was like oh you have to listen to what jay was saying about you when you were in bali what was i saying i don't know he said it's hilarious and you have to listen and you call me hoity-toity and a little prissy did, did i that doesn't I, sound like something I, I would say i need to go back and listen to them yeah you should check it out i'm sure i was hilarious um but uh yeah uh, we're not doing the bali episode though yeah so um cfc loud and clear we got to MC their music festival a couple years in a row. And I'm pretty sure this one is without me, right? Because I wasn't there for this. Or did I call in? For you this? were definitely, it was in the middle of a batch recording. Oh, okay. Yeah. So maybe I called in. Is that? No, we, you were there for this CFC Latin oh, okay. one where um, Lynn Regan and her son Daniel. Oh, came in to tell the story of how they like developed their foundation. Yes, I was here for this one. And this is a, you know, we try to keep them light and funny, but this one, if I remember correctly, was, you know, pretty, pretty serious. I do remember you trying to still keep it light and funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe I told a couple of jokes inappropriately. But it, uh, yeah, but they, they handled it well. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, do you want to go into detail about what their foundation did at all? Well, it's, it's, well, I mean, I think instead of getting into detail about it, we should just listen to the, the episode and then everybody can sort of hear the story of all the lives that they change. You know? Perfect. There we go. So let's uh, listen to that now. We have a couple new sponsors in 2018. Rob Dekansky of Remax First Advantage. You can reach him at 855-350-1015 or online at robsellsnj.com. True story, Rob sold my house in three days. I spent a lot of time in real estate. I'm a licensed broker in a few states, and I can tell you, Rob Dekansky is the best. We're happy to have him on board speaking millennial. 
Our other big sponsor for 2018, CSI Group. The CSI Group, you can reach them at 1-800-TAX-LAWS or CSICPA.com. This is a family business, but they've got locations all over New York and New Jersey. And I'm going to tell you, taxes are too complicated to go it alone. Don't think that you're going to go online and just plug and play and get it done. You don't want to have a letter from the IRS a couple years after you file your taxes and find out you made a big mistake. And the CSI group will give you a free consultation. So all you got to do is call them at 1-800-TAX-LAWS and they will help you out. Remember, you don't know what you don't know. I'm happy to talk about one of our sponsors, great sponsor, good friend, Vinnie Brand, owns the Stress Factory in New Brunswick. The uh, website is stressfactory.com. Vinnie Brand runs one of the great comedy clubs, honestly, in the country. Not only does he have A-list comics coming in almost every single week, but the show is great. The food is fantastic. The staff, the service, there's parking right next door. If you've not discovered the Stress Factory in New Brunswick, you've got to get there. Go to StressFactory.com and uh, buy your tickets. It's a great night out, reasonable cost, absolutely hilarious entertainment, great food and hospitality. StressFactory.com. Looking for a car, new or used? This is Jay Black to tell you there's no better destination than our friends at the Flemington Car and Truck Country family of brands. Located on Route 202 and 31 in Flemington and at Flemington.com. Here you will find 16 automotive brands plus over 500 available certified pre-owned vehicles to fit every budget. You'll get the financing, the trade-in value, and the credit you need and dependable vehicle service maintenance that delivers peace of mind. Choose from Ford, Lincoln, Audi, Volkswagen, Porsche, Chevrolet, Buick, GMC, Cadillac, Infiniti, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, BMW, and Subaru. Shop them all, knowing every Flemington car and truck country location has earned the coveted dealer-rated customer satisfaction award for 2017 based on your reviews. The Flemington Car and Truck Country family of brands, an honest, straightforward organization that has been satisfying customers for over 40 years. Family, independent, not corporate. Visit any of their eight dealership locations on routes 202 and 31 in Flemington or at Flemington.com. Hey guys, welcome back to Speaking Millennial. I am Bill Spadia, one of your three co-hosts. I'm here with Jessica Nutt and Jay Black. We've got a special guest for this podcast. We are joined by Lynn and Daniel Regan from CFC Loud and Clear, one of New Jersey's uh, best and most active and most successful recovery organizations uh, out there. What's going on, guys? Hi, how hey. are you, Bill? I'm good. I, I have an issue with my uh, my headset. Yeah, should I, I not announce that? Is that not part of the no, podcast? I, I feel like people, I can only hear. Can you turn your phone off? You know who that is. You can say anything you want, Bill. That's Vinny. It? That's Vinny Brand, one of our sponsors. What does he want to call on the podcast? I don't right know. Now? I just I literally just ignored it? his call. Yeah, that's the right thing to do. I think. Do you agree? Just in general, yeah. we should yeah, ignore Vinny's call. All of our sponsors. Yeah, we should never require like 150 percent of your attention. That's right. Can you do that. <laughs> I I am um, uh, here's what happens Lynn I I, I am distracted <laughs> what that I am yeah, distracted okay, so yeah. I, I would say this I would say that Bill only ever gave 12% of attention to anything and if he did 100% it would be like looking into the eyes of Zeus your head would melt <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I can't handle it he's giving me his full attention so so let's first just take a little uh, a minute 
to just congratulate you guys on an enormously successful event that Jessica and I co-hosted on Friday. Wait a minute. What? Yay! Here's a question, Yay! though. Woo! When is this airing? How long ago was that event? It was going to be... Is this be... airing next week? No, this is going to be airing uh, two weeks from yesterday. Two weeks from yesterday? Yeah, this is so episode 51. Two weeks from yesterday, back a week and a half, plus a day and six hours, we had oh a great event. God. That's right. <laughs> Get your uh, whiteboards out at home and play the <laughs> Bill Stadium math home game. <laughs> All right, how, seriously, though, tell us, how did it go? Because it, it, was, it was so much fun. It, so here's the thing, Jay, that you need to know that um, we've been doing this going back. I mean, what is it going back almost three years now, right? Yeah. Between the uh, yeah. music festivals, the gala. So the they have, listen to this, they have a 90% success rate. That's fantastic. Over 18 months. That's great. Yeah. Right? With I mean, people who are addicted yeah. to heroin, go into the recovery. These guys intervene. I mean, that's... It's outstanding. It's the best we've seen. Yeah, and heroin's like, I mean, that, I mean, it's not like you're getting people off Chardonnay. I mean, to get people off heroin, that's that's some pretty intense stuff. So that's that's amazing that mm -hmm. 90%. Yeah. yeah, and heroin isn't the only problem, you know. Yeah. Alcohol's one of the worst. You know, I'm, I'm actually yeah. interested. I feel like a lot of people with this opioid crisis, they start with, you know, prescription drugs and they wind up on heroin because that's the easiest thing to get when you're addicted to opioids. Do you, have you found that you're dealing with a lot more, I don't want to say a different type of clientele since the opioid crisis, but, you know, less younger kids and more like housewives and, and uh, professional people who sort of fell into this? Um, you're, you get a mix. Um, actually, sadly, because of the, bo the boom from the opioid epidemic that was started with the painkillers, uh, pain now you can't find painkillers and it's just heroin on the street. Right. Um, so we're actually seeing a lot more uh, younger kids going straight to heroin. Um, it, I, I get a bunch of 13, 14-year-olds that are sniffing heroin. Jeez. Uh, and uh, they didn't even smoke God, pot. 13 they, years they old. Heroin. Yeah. What's the gateway to that? Like, how does that happen at 13? Mm -hmm. Everything's a gateway. You know, you, you, uh, I mean, soda could be a gateway. Yeah. <laughs> you know, to a six-year-old, they drink a soda yeah. and they feel out of their mind on sugar. Um, you know, you see kids on the playground and they're spinning in circles and they like the feeling afterwards. Everything's a gateway uh, to trying to feel outside yourself. And unfortunately, it's part of human nature to uh, find entertainment in that. Mm. It's just a matter of there's then there's a genetic component where people find what they want to feel like outside themselves. So, and they get that from a substance, they get that from a behavior, whatever it may be. And Eating disorder, sex addiction, it doesn't gambling. have to be a substance. You're describing so, uh, my Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Daniel, if you don't mind, and Lynn, tell us, because you guys have been on the radio show so many times, you've been on Chasing News so many times, uh, but I think for the advantage of our, our podcast subscribers, if you wouldn't mind just telling your quick story about what happened, because the, the story of you ending up in California, Daniel, and your mom, Lynn, chasing you down, finding you, intervening. I mean, it's it's like I get, no matter how many times I've heard the story, I get chills, and I think it's um, it's an important story to share. Absolutely. Uh, my, well, my, my life uh, from a beginning age all the way to dawn of time, um, I, I had a great childhood growing up. I had two awesome parents, uh, three siblings. We we're a close-knit family. If you, you know, 
anybody out from the outside looking in would describe us as the Brady Bunch. And we were together at Sunday dinners, and uh, my sisters rode horseback. I rode motocross. Uh, I was a great student, uh, straight A's, uh, athletic, the whole nine yards. It, it, I, I didn't paint the picture of someone who was going to become a heroin addict. Um, and when I was 12 years old, like most of us go through, um, identity issues and that prepubescent age um, and I dealt with some bullying and before I could learn healthy coping mechanisms I found marijuana and it seemed to solve all my issues that I was dealing with uh, it gave me uh, a new reputation at school which boosted my ego and my confidence um, I became the party guy and that's the identity that I kind of grabbed onto and as I went through the years, uh, you know, pop became no big thing, and I kept upping the ante uh, on uh, what I would do. So that turned into cocaine and ecstasy, mushrooms, acid throughout my high school career. Um, and Daniel, how easy was it to get? Because I think a lot of parents out there and a lot of young people that are just starting out, starting their families, they don't realize how easy this is to get in middle school, in high school, right? Yeah. Uh, it's super easy. I, I, you know, um, high schools are like shopping malls for drugs. You, you, you know, Jimmy's got this and, uh, you know, some, uh, Amanda's got that. And it's, you know, you hear rumors throughout other kids and you know where to go get these things. And uh, it's crazy to me that it's that prevalent, but it is so easy to get your hands on. I had no problem with coming up with what I wanted to try that weekend and finding someone to get it See, from. This, always, this always frustrated me because that shows you how nerdy I was because I graduated high school and then right. I found out there was like some severe drug issues going on and I'm like, I was not unaware. Nobody even offered right. me. At right. least make the <laughs> offer. I mean, I, I probably would have said yeah. no, but you offer. You have to be looking for it, right? You have to be looking for it. You have to want it. So like kids that don't get involved in drugs, they're like, well, if you're looking for them, of course you're going to find them, right? So... But when you are when you are looking, and when it, you're, that's the the uh, person that you're attracted to, or the friends that you're attracted to, you're not going to have any trouble finding it. Right. Exactly. So they, I, it was easy to get my hands on. Uh, like I said, I, I maintained good grades throughout high school. So, at what point did mom and it. dad say, "Oh my God, we got a problem"? Well, uh, not until much later. Um, I, there were some signs, you know, being a teenager, uh, being lazy. Uh, being distant sometimes, but overall, I which could be normal teenage behavior. Who is using drugs? Yeah, well, you know, too. I think you know when I look back and I go, you know, what did I do wrong? What did we do wrong? And you know, I, you know, there's things that I would correct. You know, uh, you know, supporting junior prom, right? Having kids at your house. People do this all the time. They're yeah. still doing this. You know, having kids at your house. I'll take their kid keys. And they could all sleep here, and everybody would be safe. And they're drink—you know—they're drinking alcohol in your basement. You know they're bringing in vodka and water bottles in their backpacks. But <sighs> you kind of pretend right. that that's not actually happening, and you're taking all safe precautions. And this is maybe junior prom. Well, what that does is it—you know—it tells your kids that they're above the law. And you don't mean for it to do that, but you're just trying to kind of you know, allow kids to grow and experiment in a safe environment because you know they're going to, if they're not doing it at your house, they're going to be doing it at somebody else's house and it may not be as controlled. So that was my mentality. So, and I know a lot of parents will agree with that. You also go through, I think as a parent and everybody's attitude is, it's just pot. 
too. So Dan was never allowed to smoke pot. He was never given permission to smoke pot, not that he listened to any of that. And, and the rules were very strict and very clear here. So uh, let, let me I ask think, you, let me let me ask you, uh, do you do you think that it, you know, this whole drive to legalize marijuana and there there are two buzzwords, right? You hear social justice because of the arrest rates and they talk yeah. about minorities and then you hear about revenue. And I yeah. could show you stats on both sides that neither are a positive. But that aside, do you think it's sending the wrong message? Um, or no? Or do you think it's okay yeah. if it's legal? Um, I, I, I hate this topic. Um, I think that... I, I think that... I, I don't want to answer it. Well, what I, makes it easier for parents any... that are struggling through this? I think that's what I mean. I, I, like, what makes it easier? Yeah, so I, this is the problem. I, I can't tell you how many phone calls we get mm -hmm. of 12, 13, 14-year-olds, kids that are smoking pot, and the parents are like, what do I do? What do I do with them? Because, honestly, I don't think a kid, the adolescent should not be smoking pot. It, right. it, it alters their brain. It, it, it sends them, you know, just like Dan clung to it because it gave him an out so he didn't have to deal with all of those anxieties that you, you experience as a teenager. You know that it's that that feeling of inadequacy. You need to get over it. I mean, I mean, I'm like almost 50 years old, and I'll walk in a room and still have those butterflies, right? That this is something you have to learn to cope with. And when you're dampening it and you're you're shutting those those mechanisms off in your body, well, then you never develop those coping skills. So adolescents should absolutely not be smoking pot. Yeah, one of the things one of the things I like to do is I like to play a fish album for a kid while they're sober. And, and just like, the look of horror on their face. They're like, this guitar solo has been on for nine minutes. You go, when you're high, you think this is good. It's great stuff. And they just they take the pot, they throw it away, they walk away. That's it. Like, is this song ever going to end? You're, you're doing exposure therapy. Yeah, it's like, he's been noodling for 20 minutes. Who likes this crap? You know what? You do when you're high. So, Lynn, I didn't want to put you on the spot with that, but I think it's an important question because that's what people are wrestling with and what gets ignored is the rise in in uh, young people getting high yes. and there's that yes. that just never enters the conversation so take yeah. me there's going to be a huge backlash and there always yeah. is with anything new yeah sure even a, you know a new item you're going to have a whole swarm of people that go out and um they're going to abuse the new uh new rule new rule right so but so you know the take other us way, there's no denying the medical benefits of marijuana right and there's uh, a balance right there, yes. there's but, a balance and we know a system where it's only for medical use it right. gets abused uh up and down the chart like every other drug that is right used for medical so use take take us to california because jay has not heard this story i know jessica has heard the story mm -hmm. uh, like i have a hundred times but it, it's so compelling so so lynn you you all of a sudden daniel's gone and you're like i gotta go find my son Right. Okay. So you skip forward a few years, but yeah, Dan had a full ride scholarship to um, a great university. And when he got to this university, he was still experimenting um, in college, he was, you know, smoking pot. He um, then decided he was going to sell marijuana at school and he, well, capitalist. And he got caught. He's got cap capitalism. At least he's got a little capitalism in his blood. Jay's our yeah, bright side guy. I'm <laughs> just really looking for the upside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so of course he got busted, and um, and then he's like, well, maybe I should sell something that doesn't smell so bad, yeah. doesn't take up as much room. So, um, so he decided to start using um, and selling OxyContin because it was huge on campus, mm. um, and so it was Adderall. 
So, uh, so that's where Jay is giving a thumbs up to Adderall. No, it's a, it's a big thumbs down. Jay might've had some issues with Adderall for a couple of years there. And, uh, I know what it's like to have all your dopamine drop at once in your brain and then wake up the next morning going, where'd all my dopamine go? Oh, I know it's in that vial of pills and then, uh, get off it. I, it took me six months to finally, uh, uh, wean my body off of the need of Adderall. And it is terrible that withdrawal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and you know we actually have parents that call. Where can they get Adderall for their kid that that is struggling with his exams or is a pitcher in a baseball mm-hmm. team and just is losing his edge? And I'm like, are you crazy? Like, are you crazy? So, yeah, it's it's um, amphetamine salt. I mean, it's it, and yeah. you think, well, what's the salt mean? Nothing. It just means it's rock form. It's amphetamines. Yeah, it's, it's a different name for yeah. crystal meth. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah. so, so anyway, so, anyway, back to so, it. Yeah. Yeah. So Dan started, you know, doing oxycontin and, and, and at the university, he ended up on academic probation. He ended up getting thrown out. Um, and this is when he came home, and it became immediately obvious that there was an issue um, because at this point he had a three hundred dollar a day habit. So um, he was robbing us blind, really. He was stealing silverware. He was stealing uh, wedding rings and engagement rings. He was stealing um, uh, metal pipes out of our barn. Uh, Parts of our tractor was missing. Um, You know, just things were missing. And we're like, what is going on? So we were really pretty clueless. You know, I mean, you don't know what you're in for. Addiction is maniacal. It's something that you need to try to be two miles ahead of all the time. It changes form, um, and uh, it's frightening. It's very frightening. So uh, after about Daniel went to several rehabs, we we knew there was an issue and he needed help, and it was beyond him. And there was a lot of legal issues going on, too, at this time because, I mean, crime is just inevitable when you have to steal and you're in pain. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, he started kind of stealing from neighbors he started dealing then he then wow. you know it was just a big mess so he ended up in uh several rehabs and uh three uh intensive outpatient programs and every time he came out he became a better drug addict if you want to call it that he he was upping the ante like trying to do more drugs different drugs drugs he hadn't uh hadn't used he'd met he'd meet more people that were dealing drugs and this just went on and on, and, and, and his life was, was hanging on. He was getting worse and worse. He was down to, I don't know, 112 pounds. He's 170 wow. pounds now. So he looked like death walking. He went to his last rehab in California. Well, he went out to California, and he went to one rehab in California, and he did really well for a little while. Go ahead, you tell this, this part. Uh, yeah, yeah, I went out there, and this time i actually had good intentions when i went to this rehab um but i had some reservations in terms of because i was turning 21 at uh this treatment center and um i i didn't get to experience what a 21 year old experienced yet i didn't get to go to atlantic city yet i didn't even get to buy my first beer legally uh and these things kind of were playing in my head that it was unfair to say that i was going to be sober for the rest of my life Mm. But I, nonetheless, I knew the drugs were a problem, so I went out there and I was going to put down the drugs, and I did successfully. Uh, I went to the IOP program. I got my own apartment out there, and I decided that I was going to live out in California away from my parents, and really with the intention because I still wanted to drink, and I knew they wouldn't approve. 
So um, I went out there. I started drinking the first night. I went out drinking. I didn't never liked drinking. I don't even know why I really wanted to do it. Uh, but I went out drinking. Didn't like it. Then went to go look for marijuana. But instead, I found crystal meth. Wow. Um, and I started smoking crystal meth from that point and became super addicted uh, with a girlfriend at the time. Uh, we lost the apartment. I lost my job, and we ended up homeless, uh, bouncing around. It's an amazing uh, story. Hotel to motel. Yeah. I mean, but Daniel, going out to look for marijuana and finding crystal meth, that's like trying to find a firecracker and saying, well, this bazooka will do. I mean, that's that's a pretty <laughs> yeah, intense that's trade-up. That's what addiction does to you, though. Uh, and, uh, you know, marijuana is basically legal in California, but no one wants to sell it to someone that doesn't have a, their their card. So I had to go ask homeless people to find me marijuana, and wow. uh, they didn't, they didn't have blowing. marijuana. They had a crystal meth. Mind-blowing, right? Now, this yeah. is a kid. Okay, this is my son, right? Born, seven pounds, nine ounces, ten fingers and toes. Every, everything I ever wanted in him to be successful and positive. And here he is, and he can rationalize that it's okay to go borrow a crystal meth pipe from a from a homeless person like when he says that i still look at him like what are you what how what were you thinking yeah did you did you have that mom gene kick in because i think i'd tell my son now did you return the crystal meth pipe because if you borrow something you have to return it really i I just look at him and i'm like you're who are you like who are you you're not you're not live when did you go out there at what point so now you daniel you're homeless he's homeless he's lying his uh girlfriend at the time was lying to the mom and she was sending them money thinking they had an apartment we had cut him off because we knew that we knew we were in trouble so i i with that being said i cut him off for like 72 hours and i'm like there's no way i I have to go get him i have to go get him i got an airplane it flew out there and i had no idea what i was doing or where he was other than the fact that i had this connection with the mom of the girlfriend so I knew that she had just uh, struggled with cancer, unfortunately, and I knew that she had just finished chemo. So I hid at the airport um, behind a bush, literally. I don't know what? if you've ever seen Palm Springs Airport, so you could get away with this. Otherwise, I would have been arrested. Um, but I hid behind a bush waiting for this woman who was flying out to meet her daughter to arrive, and I knew that she would look like she was dying of cancer, honestly. And my intent was to hijack the car and be like, you're taking me to my son, because I had no other way to find him. So that happened exactly. This blue car pulls up, and the, the girl's driving the car, and I run across the airport, and I push the woman into the back seat, and I say, you're taking me to my son. I throw her suitcase into the other side of the car, and I force this kid to drive me to where Daniel is. When I get there, it's an abandoned hotel, and she is screaming, I'll call him, I'll call him on the cell phone. And I took her cell phone and I threw it across the parking lot and I said, give me the room number. And she said, it's room 11. And I ran across the hotel. When I tell you, I I mean, just any image you can imagine in any of these like Walking Dead videos or movies, I magnify it by 150% because now this is my flesh and blood in this abandoned hotel, there's furniture, lawn furniture in the swimming pool, the cyclone fence is down, the, the hardwood, you know, that they plywood on all the windows, on all the doors, and there's two little plastic numbers, one one on the door, 
And I was, I was crazy. I was crazy out of my mind. And I ran for that hotel door and I literally kicked it open. And my son stood before me with spoon in hand and his arm tied off. And I, the light was shining behind me. And I'm like, Dan, Daniel. And there was seven bodies on the floor just sitting, just all passed out. The worst, the worst thing you could imagine, dirt, debris, it was, it was god-awful, god-awful. And I looked at him, and I just said, I came to take you home. It's Mom. I came to take you home. And he, you're going to make me cry. I can't never get through this. And it was, like, the most surreal moment because my mom, like, First, there was a pounding at the door, so I thought there was cops, so we all froze. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, there's this figure that uh, all I see is a silhouette and light beaming out from it <laughs> because it was really dark moment. in the room and light outside. And I hear my mom's voice saying, Come here, let's go. We're What'd you do? With, what, what went through your head, Daniel? I just, I, it was like I regressed to like a four year old kid. I, I, I put down my, my needle and my spoon and untied my arm. Threw some sneakers on. I just and I wow. like just walked out of the room like a four year old. Um, and we, she put me back in the car, and we were heading uh, to uh, another contact that we had out there that uh, was in treatment with me, but he remained sober and he was helping my mother find me. Um, she was bringing me back there. We were going to pack up my bag, and on the way back, that's when my my. It, the drugs came back into play. Like reality hit me that I, I'm being pulled away from my drugs and I'm in psychosis because with methamphetamine, you don't sleep. And mm-hmm. I was around my 11th day up at that point. 11 days, 11 days. 11 days. Yeah. And I said, I'm in the back of the car, honestly, and I'm looking at him and I'm like, oh my God, like what has happened to you? And I said, Dan, I need to get you to the airport. I need, what, what am I dealing with? Are you going to make it home? Am I going to be able to get you on the airport, to the airport, on the airplane? Because I'm like, they're, gonna, they're not going to let him on the airplane. He was in such horrible shape. And he pulls up his arms, and he looks at me, and he goes, this is what you're dealing with, Ma. Yeah. And he shows me his arms. And I go, oh, my God, what do I do? I had no idea where to bring him none i i know i had no idea how to deal with it whatsoever and i started freaking out at this time and my psychosis kicked in and i was just completely irrational because and i really had the mindset at this point that i'm just gonna die and i became okay with the fact that this was going to be my life because i didn't think you could fix me i've completely given up on myself i've completely given up on all hope and i said you're not dying you are not dying like this is not how this is going to end but it felt it felt like you were dying i bet right yeah yeah and uh so my mom had to end up calling the cops because i was freaking out so bad trying to go back to the abandoned building Uh, and the cops came and they hooked me up to all these ekg machines and, and they said my heart you know, it's about to explode because it's thumping out of my chest from, from uh, you know, from the methamphetamine. Um, and they said I need to go to a hospital, and I decided that I was going to completely refuse this and then get into a physical altercation with the cops. Ended up punching one of them in the face, and they ended up having to taser me several times, throwing me into a straitjacket, and off to the hospital I went. Uh, into, you know, and it was the worst scene ever. It's, uh, you know, in the straitjacket, people with mm-hmm. hazmat suits because... They don't know if I have, 
you know, contracted illnesses from, uh, you know, shooting drugs. Um, and I'm spitting on people. I don't remember any of this. My mom recollects the whole entire thing. If, if it makes you me. feel any better at all, uh, Jessica and Bill are in hazmat suits right now as they sit in the, the <laughs> studio with me. Right. I mean, you got to be careful with Jay. Jay. You yeah. know what you're gonna get I'm, with just, Jay. I'm just letting you know that it's not it's not just you. We've all been there <laughs> to a certain degree. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Well, I don't think there's anything more humiliating than when you're sitting in a hospital and no one wants to treat your kid. I'm sure. Nobody yeah. wants to touch your, so, your kid. So, Lynn and Daniel, um, I mean, first of all, thank you for sharing that story. I think that every time I hear I mean, it's so powerful. When I first heard it, I guess three years ago now, uh, it was just like, okay, what, what can we do to help you with yeah. what you're doing? Because your group, CFC Loud and Clear, has has helped so many people. How many people, how many families have you intervened with now and how many people have you had through your recovery we've program? We've worked with over 12,000 families. 12,000. Um, 12,000. That's, that's our, our educated guess yeah. in the At sense that's probably so many more than that. Um, I wish I wish I Because of the media exposure that we have gotten, especially from you, uh, from you um, I, I mean, we're even doing interventions in Europe and England oh, and all across the country. Those cheese uh, addicts in France, you got you <laughs> to watch them. They're, they're, they're just they're sho shoveling those soft cheeses. I've Wait been there. Wait until mac and cheese day. Have you ever so, detoxed someone off of Swiss cheese before? So the, the, uh, the good <laughs> news is we talked to Ashley. So uh, Jessica and I will be there in September. Mm -hmm. We're looking forward to um, the Yay. next big music festival, Focella. Yes. Jay, you should come. Yeah, I'd, I'd be yeah, happy to you know, come. The biggest, the biggest issue, and and when you know our story is one story of thousands, and there's many moms that are are just as brave or not braver than than I was, and 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 many addicts that have come into recovery and they're doing phenomenal and they have like amazing stories. But when 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 Dan came out onto the other side, our, the biggest question, and like he said, when he went to find the crystal meth pipe. The questions that were running through his head are, how am I ever going to pick up a girl in a bar? How am I ever going to go to a bar again? How am I ever going to go to a rock concert? I love music. And, and these, are, these are real issues that, that really keep people stifled in, in addiction because they don't have the coping skills to socialize in those situations. Yeah, I, I, so, know. And, <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Yeah. yeah. And so that's what we, that's why we're different because we deal with those questions and we deal with people's passion and we use that to drive people forward, their own passion. So, so that's the difference because we're an aftercare program and it, it doesn't exist. It, does, it no, does not. It doesn't, it and the state has not figured it out yet. And I know you nope. still haven't have yet to hear from the uh, you know the, the power players in Trenton yet. But uh, let's just for, we're going to wrap it up now. We're almost out of yep. time. But where where yep. can people go? Is it it's healingus.org? Yes, healingus.org. And what's the phone yeah, number? What should they call? Should they just go to the web? So if a mom or dad or a kid who's struggling, you got a a sibling or a friend. Healingus.org. Yeah, just to be clear, yeah. healingus.org, not feelingus.org. Totally different website. <laughs> Ew, not what you're looking for. Your sex addiction's not going away at Feeling Us. Up there. <laughs> I deal with I deal with them almost every day, guys. Almost every day. <laughs> I feel like I really was in need of a hazmat suit after that one. Yeah, no, you Jessica's <laughs> now actually put on the we hazmat suit. Put up a plexiglass shield right here. That'd be a great idea. Yeah. yeah.
All right, guys. Listen, uh, thank you so much. I know it's hard to recap that story. It just goes to show you what the kind of emotion people are dealing with, um, with addiction and with their struggling family. But God bless you guys. We are so happy to help you. Um, so healingus.org, and we'll have we'll have that posted to our website as well. And we'll definitely have you guys back. Thank you so much Fantastic. for joining us. And we can't thank wait for the party. For- we can't wait for Fochella. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you, As everybody. always, we greatly appreciate you, you got every it. day. All right. God Thank bless you. you guys. See you, Lynn. See you, Daniel. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. See you guys later. Thank you. Thank you, guys. That was- and we're back, and we're moved. And I was thinking of how they opened up their Relevance Recovery Center, so they are taking in patients now. Oh, that's wonderful. So that's the update. Yes. Is that they got to the point where they're taking in patients and making the world a better place. Mm-hmm. That's nice. I... It's so interesting. My therapist has often said to me, Jessica, have you ever thought what would happen if you took your naked ambition and turned it into something positive? And uh, I've, I've wondered, oh. could I make the world a better place? Probably. You don't think what you're doing is positive? My life? It's no. not? That's no. not? That's what your therapist is leading no. you down? It's, you, you know what it is, Jessica? Here's the thing. I Ooh, take care wow. of my kids, so that's positive. Yes. And, you know, I take care of my wife once a week. No, I'm only joking. I take care of her uh, as much, best I can. And uh, by the way, you know you're old and fat when the idea of sex with someone comes up and the millennial in the room goes, ugh. I already have, I can't take back the watching your YouTube channel. Oh, where I got my uh, chest waxed? Yeah. How, yeah. I can't get back that time. How hairy was I? It was really hairy. I I mean, then it was not hairy and yeah, I didn't know. And let me tell you something. My hair right, my chest right now, stubble and pimples. It's the grossest, <laughs> right. grossest thing. Did it hurt? Yeah, it hurt badly. It uh, hurt. It did. the The belly up to the nipples were fine, and then they stopped, and they were like, "Ooh, it's going to be too painful to do anymore." Yeah, and you know what I did? Like the American hero I am. Like the I would I, I would say I might be the last John Wayne left in this town, Jessica. <laughs> I had them wax the thickness, the top part of the chest. the 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 hair forest was cut down like a like a Republican logging mill. All right, my prediction is you are going to forget how badly it hurt and you're going to do it again at some point Probably. in the next year or two. Yes, that's well, I mean, it depends on if this gets a ton of views, then I'm in. I got to watch it again. Got to do it. Yeah, I'm a slave to the, the popularity, Jessica, as you know. But uh, that was such a great episode. We're so glad that uh, CFC Loud and Clear um, has you know been with us for the entirety of the podcast and they mm-hmm. will continue to be with us. And uh, we were excited to have them on. Uh, for Jessica Gibson, where you can find her at Chasing Jess Nut on Yay. Twitter. Find Bill Spadia at Bill Spadia. Don't find me on Twitter. I'm not on it, but come find me on YouTube, Exit 19 Productions. You can find my waxing video, and by the time this airs, probably several other stupid videos. Uh, and subscribe there. We will be back next week with more Speaking Podcast. The Speaking Podcast brought to you by our friends at House of Cupcakes, serving you in Princeton, East Brunswick, Clifton, and Saudi Arabia. The winner of Cupcake Wars offers 35 different flavors, perfect for a special occasion or just a sweet treat. Houseofcupcakes.com. The Speaking Podcast is brought to you by our friends at Flemington Car and Truck Country. 16 brands of cars and trucks. I'm a loyal customer buying my last two trucks there and can tell you no one beats the deals or offers better service. Visit Flemington.com. The Speaking Podcast brought to you by our friends at Casa Gennaro's on Route 27 in Kingston. Call 609-683-1212 for reservations. They're open for dinner every Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Ask for my favorite special, the Veal Spadia. Best Italian food in Jersey.